Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Active Quest episode 72. I'm one of your hosts, Joseph Yaden, and joining me is Mr. Chris Penwell. Hello, Chris. Hello, Joseph. How are you today? Uh, a bit tired. A, bit, a, little, a little tired. You guys, uh, have, you guys wanted to record a little earlier today, and so I'm not a morning person. You know, I got I'm, my I'm coffee. Sleepy. Yeah. Oh, it, well, so it's like nine o'clock. It's, where you it's live. not even morning for you. It's the afternoon. I, I'm, I'm a... the one who had to wake <laughs> up early at nine a.m. in the uh, at eight a.m. in the morning. That's yeah, unspeakable that's in these times in COVID times. That's true. That's true. I can't. I can't really complain when you're over there getting up at eight. <laughs> uh, and speaking of sleepiness, Mr. Josh Nichols is here with us today. Uh, Josh, you slept in a little bit today. Yeah, I slept from two a.m. Central Time to like uh, when we were supposed to start recording at eleven a.m. Central Time. It was a pretty good sleep. I so when you started saying all of that, you, you said I. I slept from 2 a.m. Central Time, and I thought in my head that you were going to say, and then I woke up at, like, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Like, you changed time zones oh. while sleeping. I thought you were going to – I didn't actually think you were going to say it, but it would be it would be kind of funny. Like, you slept so deeply and hard that you just migrated to another time zone. How cool would that be? That would be really cool. <laughs> it's kind of like when you – let's see, when you fly west and you – you, you like it like whenever i actually this is kind of timely because when we uh, right now is normally when everybody would be going to e3 well i live on the east coast and so when i fly to la for e3 it's like a three-hour flight and there's a three-hour time difference so i when i get there it's the same time <laughs> that's as when cool. i as that's when funny. i left and i'm like whoa but then when you come back it's a fucking it's depressing because yeah. you leave it you leave at like 9 a.m and you get there it's like midnight or something i don't know what happened so <laughs> so anyway yeah so speaking of e3 uh, yeah right now is when everybody would be going to e3 and i i tweeted this out i just i said that i miss everybody and it's just it's like, I don't know, I feel like like a big part of the year is missing, and it's not just about the games. In fact, the games to me are like, I, I, like I, I hardly even think about that when I'm there. It's, it's like hanging out with people and meeting people and stuff, you know? Yeah. So hopefully hopefully next year E3 will be around, although if it is, I imagine that it's going to be probably pretty different than what we're normally used to. I think because they've had a lot of preparation time that they'll figure out what to do with it. Perhaps. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I have enjoyed watching Jeff Grubbs just, like, call it some <laughs> game mess and just <laughs> make jokes about how disorganized everything's been. Like, with, oh my God. you know, without E3, it's been kind of funny. God, he is so funny. Yeah. He's got uh, luscious hair, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mr. Mr. Jeff Grubbs. Uh, all right. So, yeah, this week hasn't really been too eventful in the world of video games. In fact, um, a lot of... Stuff that would have happened was postponed, delayed. The, the PS5 game lineup stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, so last week, if you guys remember, I mentioned that we will we, we we would have talked about that on this episode, but Sony actually pushed all that back just due to all the protests and everything that's going on. Which rightfully maybe we so. Should, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that quickly. I, uh, I God, I saw the comments and they were just like. Just really egregious, all these people commenting, I want my video games, and I want them now. I want my video, like, dude. My announcements, not even the I, video games. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. So, I I mean, 
Yeah, I think on it. Can you imagine if they would have gone through with it? Like that would have been I terrible get- because like the PS5 would have been everywhere. It would have been trending worldwide. Like the <laughs> PS5 logo reveal on Instagram. You know, <laughs> right? Which is so funny how it's that like it's literally just the it switched the four to a five and it's like viral. Like it just <laughs> explodes. You know, like. Um, but yeah, I think that was a great move by Sony to, to push that back. And actually, like, like I said, a lot of developers and publishers have been doing pretty much the same thing where, you know, whatever, something might have been announced or that something was planned and, and it's being pushed. So I, I have a question for you guys. Though. Like, when do you think Sony should um, reveal the PS5 lineup? And when do you think these other game companies should put out their uh, conferences live? You know, like EA just postponed theirs too. So I'm just wondering, like, do you think we'll get it next week? Do you think we'll get it in a month? Like, what what do you, what are you thinking? I think beginning of August is the latest they could do it without delaying the system. Yeah, they, they, yeah, it's uh, getting kind of ridiculous. Which if, if they did do that, <laughs> how that's, little have heard of it, but that's that's yeah. uh, that's fine. I'm not saying they can't or they're not allowed to or whatever. I'm just saying they should not release. Uh, every, you know, Xbox and PlayStation should not be releasing new systems within four months if they're not going to be talking about it more. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think beginning of August or you know delay the system is what I think. I think also um, with. We've heard a lot of voices from that community, you know, and I think that point has been definitely been made. So I think perhaps businesses and companies will um, reveal this stuff now. I I think it could be a good time next week. We've seen the four four people apprehended, you know, the four police officers uh, for what they've done. Rightfully so. I really, yeah, they they deserve what they've got. and I don't know. I I just hope I don't think that there can be much progress to be made with Trump as the president. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. Yeah, it's tough, man. It's... Um, re- relaying it back to your uh to your question, I yeah, like I'm with Josh. Like if if you're gonna wait till August, it's like man, they don't even do it at all. But I think like very shortly, like within the next week or so. Oh, I think because... that's the latest they could do it. Yeah, I don't think they should wait that long either. No, no, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, because you'll, mm-hmm. if you'll remember when, when Sony announced the, the initial reveal, you know, it was, I think there was like less than a week. It was, a, it was like less than a week out. So they could totally do that again. Um, and, uh, based on what other companies have done with their, with, with postponing whatever announcements or whatever they had planned, a lot of those, uh, delays have just been like a week or so. Like we'll, we'll talk a little bit more here shortly, but uh, like Modern Warfare uh, season four was delayed, but there was a leak, and the leaks are usually right uh, that it was pushed back like a week, you know. So I think, yeah, I, I, I mean, so let's see. Today's Sunday. On maybe this week, like maybe by t- by the time you guys hear it, maybe we'll know when we'll get to hear more about it. I don't Perhaps, know. Perhaps, yeah. Like I, I just want to see um, some change, you know, from the Black Lives Matter movements, like, we've seen these four officers apprehended, but I, I'd like to see more of a reformation of how the police treats, um, people of color, you know? Well, if... I don't know if if that can be done in a week, you know? No, God, oh my God, no. If, if what you're saying is Sony needs, and all these companies need to wait until all that is fixed, well, no, (laughs) like, that's not... I don't think that's that's gonna happen, like, in a business mindset, but... Um, yeah, I I do want to see these changes happen. I just want to make sure people know that. Um, mm-hmm. 
and uh, yeah, I, I I just don't think that companies can wait that long to to finally get their promotions yeah. and in in right uh, full gear. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so let's just get to the, get through some quick notes here. Like I said, not really too. Uh, much to get into uh, in terms of like groundbreaking news this week, but there's a couple little interesting stories. Um, the first one, you guys can go check this out over on Game Informer. Brian Shee, is that how you say his last name? Shee? Shay? I thought it was Shay, but I don't, I might be wrong. Might be Shay. Anyway, uh, he's got a write up there. Uh, there are 700 games in a charity bundle on itch.io. Chris, you were looking through the list of games. You said a lot of them weren't very good or whatever like that you weren't into a lot of them but i'd say most of them aren't that interesting but there are a few big standouts to me like knights in the woods oxen free yeah Um, it's definitely worth at least ten dollars like i i think because there's at least five or six standout games you know sure for sure yeah but yeah i wouldn't expect 700 like just amazing games and there's some interesting stuff in there too from indies that i'm curious about Mm -hmm. um so yeah I, I think it's worth getting for sure and it helps good cause sure and i mean for five bucks like yeah I, i've only scrolled like a little bit good. but i see super hexagon minute um oh minute's supposed to be really good yeah yeah and then i also see uh night in the woods and oxen free like those four games alone or that would that would make it worth 20 bucks at least you know like for, for it to right. be a good deal so five dollars is a steal and it all goes to the naacp legal defense and educational fund and the community bail fund Split fifty fifty. So I mean, it's it's a good yeah. deal. And you can awesome. donate more than five dollars. Someone has actually contributed five thousand dollars to this bundle, which wow. is crazy. Holy moly! That's cool. Uh, all right. So next thing here. Uh, apparently, there are uh, console versions of Valorant being tested, but it it's not confirmed. But I, I mean, it's pretty much all but confirmed, right? Uh, so Riot Games new shooter Valorant, which has been pretty popular lately. Oh um, yeah. Yeah, it looks really. A lot of people seem to. Yeah, a lot of people seem to really like it. It's it's exclusive to PC right now, and it looks like they're prototyping uh, some sort of console version. So maybe we'll see that later this year. Um, Let's see. There's a quote from executive producer Anna Donlan uh, that said, "She said, quote, "Uh, definitely prototyping console versions right now." But that's pretty much. You know, it's pretty much it in terms of uh, confirmation. Don't have, like, a release date or time window for that. I think that's really cool because I've been wanting to play this, but as you guys know, my PC is a freaking potato, which, Chris, Chris, I think you can maybe uh, sympathize with a little bit Yeah, I can right now. Yeah, Yeah, my laptop broke, uh, so um, it's been a bit more difficult to play PC games, but I can hook my laptop to the TV just because, like, the, the whole... It's literally breaking. I think the, yeah, the, the, the screen what, came off the bloody laptop. I think what you said literally was my computer broke apart. Yes, <laughs> like that's different than my computer broke. The hinges like came the, off. My computer broke apart. That's kind of yep. like terrifying to hear that. <laughs> I think this will be so, a popular release on console too because a lot of uh, people in the PC community haven't been very happy with the anti-cheat software. It basically has to like launch when the computer launches and like it's 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 like got access to more stuff than just the game i mean like the point is to make sure no one's using any way to cheat but like you know it's kind of like uh you're getting access to a lot of stuff i don't like this so i think there's gonna be people that like maybe could play this in pc but are like no i don't want you know 
effectively like malware on my fucking computer i'm gonna play this on xbox or playstation you know i think this could be big on switch just because there's no game like it on switch Uh, i i think it would really stand out and graphics wouldn't matter for this game either i don't know no it's it 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 can run on low-end pcs so i think it can run on a switch and it's really stylized so i think even if you were running it uh, like really low textures it would it wouldn't be it wouldn't matter you wouldn't care yeah yeah so we'll see what happens with that. I yeah, I think obviously it's a no brainer for it to come out on console, and it, it's uh, maybe later this year. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, all right, next up, let's do some quick little releases here. We don't really have too much here. The first thing I just wanted to touch on is, uh, like I mentioned before, a bunch of companies are delaying their announcements, delaying plans that they had in the immediate future. One of those was uh, Modern Warfare Season 4, which was supposed to come out, uh, well, supposed to have been out already on June 2nd. And let's see, Infinity Ward posted this statement about, you know, everything that's going on right now and, you know, that they're uh, striving to make changes in the community and everything like that. And there's apparently a leak here showing that it's going to be coming out June 10th, so a little over a week later. Um, these are through data mining, file, uh, data, mining, data mining of the files, so it's probably right. A lot of these Modern Warfare leaks have been true, you know? Like, mm-hmm. uh, like for, the, for the whole year uh, leading up, to modern warfare and like i mean other other stuff too like the modern warfare 2 campaign all this stuff like seems like it's pretty spot on so mm-hmm. hopefully yeah hopefully by the time you guys hear this or a little bit after you'll get to play season four uh i really like the 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 season the seasonal updates they've been doing yeah that are like new weapons and stuff new maps a lot those maps especially when they do like the older maps from like call of duty 4 yeah so cool how they do that i wish they weren't 10 gigs a piece but they're really cool 10, 10 gigs for each texture. It's like yeah. 20 gigabytes. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> update. Oh my man, god. it's like it's like so, it's like funny how how much memory it takes. It's like oh my god. But yeah, I think we'll. I think th- that next generation, you know, with the next Call of Duty game, that should be. Uh, I think it's because they're not really prioritizing like any optimization. They're just like, is it working? Is it good? Release it. You know, like because they're trying to move as quickly as like Fortnite's able to. Yeah, which mm-hmm. you know. God, I feel so badly for those those people working over there at Epic. I mean, just grueling hours. And I mean, we've we've talked about that before, but yeah, those like they, you know weekly updates are just uh, a lot of work. And the next um, update actually got leaked. I think there was a picture that came out on PlayStation Store. Yeah, and uh, it's an underwater themed apparently. And um, on the right hand side of the picture, it had like a uh, a, bi- a bikini bottom, kind of like tree oh. <laughs> like a little island with the with that kind of look to it so people are thinking it's gonna be a spongebob that sounds kind of update. perfect uh and you're talking about Fortnite. yes okay good just wanted to make sure there was sure. no confusion that we were talking I, I, about i love a spongebob update on cool d that'd be hilarious <laughs> i would play a squidward and i would just murder everyone oh my god um, all right, let's keep moving here. Uh, the Pokemon Sword and Shield Isle of Armor expansion will be out June 17th. Chris, I think you're probably the biggest Pokemon fan out of us th- three here. Maybe. Yeah. What do you think of this new update? Do you have any quick thoughts on it? Uh, I, I think it has quite a lot in store for Pokemon fans. Um, it's adding Pokemon uh, from the decks <laughs> yeah, that we previously didn't have. Um, there's some new story elements. There's a new island to explore. 
um, has quite a lot on offer. Uh, oh yeah, it has also a new legendary called Kubfu, and Kub it's Fu. evolutionary form. Um, but other than that, yeah, like I, I'm not too jazzed about it. I, I I really liked playing Sword and Shield, and then I was kind of done with it, and I don't mm-hmm. have the game anymore. So, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that's kind of how it's, I do it's, it. It's a cool release. It's a cool release, um, and it will keep people busy uh, throughout this dry Nintendo gear so far. Right, that's a good point. But mm-hmm. I think maybe maybe at the back half we'll see a lot more. Because keep in Hopefully. mind. Keep in mind, right now, this week would have been uh, the week where Nintendo announces all their stuff. And so you have to imagine that a lot of that stuff was in the works well in advance. So that, so my point is, you know, just because COVID is happening and all this, you know, there's stuff going on, that doesn't mean that all their projects are just canceled, right? So like, I, I don't I, know. It might have been significantly delayed, though. It might be pushed back to next year. But could, I could, could see be. those remasters coming, for sure. Oh, the Mario, the Mario remasters. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. the Super Mario Galaxy remaster, um, Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario sixty four. I think that's big enough to carry a whole holiday yeah. season. Yeah, and and cat suits too. Super Mario, what's that called? Oh, get out of here with that world. Three uh, D world. world. Yeah, and that is awesome. And I will argue with anybody who disagrees. The soundtrack yeah. alone. It is so boring. No, no it's, it's not. Fun. It's generic Mario. How far did you play it? How far did you get? What like. Five levels. And then, Everybody like, did that. Everybody makes a mistake with Mario. It. Every single Mario game always starts off chill, and it always starts off really basic, and then people play it, and they go, hmm, this just seems like more Mario. And then everybody else keeps playing, and they're like, holy shit, here are yeah. all the worlds that are, like, crazy and why this game is so uh, special. The, you know what I mean? Dude, like the ending... Just- the ending where you fight... I'm going to spoil because I guess Chris doesn't care. No, uh, I'll play it. I'll play it. I'll play it Oh, again. so no spoilers? No spoilers. Okay. Well, Josh... The ending, mm-hmm. where the, that, that ending boss, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I was like crying when I, like not like from being sad, I was just like so happy. <laughs> like, it was just so funny and weird. Chris, anyway. that argument's not directed at you either. I've been having the argument with people since I was like 20. Like, since you were a, I a knew Super lad. Mario Brothers, you yeah. came out and my roommate was like, oh look, another 2D Mario game. And I was like, you know what, you bastards, sit down and watch <laughs> these worlds because there's different stuff T- happening. 2D Mario's boring. 2D Mario soundtrack. The, the, the Rayman Legends is so much better than any new Super Mario Brothers game. All right, we're getting yeah, off it, the rails. It's here. way more inventive. It's way more inventive. All right, let's. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's let's see. Yeah, why don't we get into a little bit of news here if you guys are ready? Yeah, ready. Alrighty then. Mario sucks. <laughs> I will say, though, Mario Odyssey is fucking awesome, man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's, like, one of my favorite games of all time, Mario Odyssey. And it, and I feel like a lot of people give that game... They don't give that game enough credit. Because it, yeah, it, no. it, fo- it followed Zelda, which, you know, which, how can you follow that, right? But, oh, man, that game's so good. Anyway. Um, all right. So this story broke a few days ago, and a lot of people were really excited about it. And that is that we are getting a Kingdoms of Amalur reckoning remaster and isn't it am i wrong is it called re-reckoning it's yeah, called it's re-reckoning good. yeah, yeah re-reckoning <laughs> which i actually kind of like that name it, yeah it's it's way better what was that uh, remastered fucking, oh holy shit that remastered <laughs> war mastered uh, your war mat uh, definitive edition <laughs> yeah definitive that's pretty bad anyway um yeah so that's really cool um so apparently it's been leaked but like it's 
it's pretty much confirmed. Uh, it'll be out August 18th, apparently, which is really awesome. The, the leak was on the Microsoft Store, so that's pretty much uh, all you need to know in terms of its, uh, you know, whether or not it's true, right? Um, and let me see here. It's going to... Oh, there's actually this collector's edition. I don't know if you guys saw this. It's $110, and... It's fucking awesome. There's like a statue and all this stuff. So like we don't need to like dwell too much on on this game. It's really cool. It's like an action RPG and it's uh, pretty stylized in terms of the art. Came out in like 2011 or 12 or something. And it's a game that a lot of people forgot. But what I wanted to discuss is actually the history of this game because it's very fascinating. All right. So um, I've got here... I've got a, an article. This is um, over at Polygon, Charlie Hall. You guys can read the whole article. There's a lot more information uh, about, like, the collector's edition and the leak and all that. But here, there's a little excerpt here that I wanted to talk about because I just find this so fascinating. All right. Quote, 38 Studios was founded by Kurt Schilling, former pitcher of the Boston Red Sox and other MLB te- teams in 2006. It originally set up shop in Massachusetts, but the company was ultimately sorry, one sec, was ultimately lured to Rhode Island by a hefty financial incentive from the state. Shortly after Amalar, uh, Kings of Amalar launched, the developer, the, the developer filed for bankruptcy, leading to an investigation that went on for years. The Amalar intellectual property was purchased at an auction by THQ Nordic in 2018. And so... What ended up happening, I guess is, they didn't cover this in the in the Polygon story here. What ended up happening is like the company shut down due to due to the you know the financial loss and all this. So basically, like in essence, like this game here closed down this studio, like just due to the how poorly it sold and all that. And Which, it was meant to be an MMO like originally, but they had to scale it down to like a RPG, like a free yeah, yeah, action like a, RPG. Right. Yeah. So like, wow. I mean, can you imagine? if they had turned it into a, an MMO, like how much more they'd be in the hole. But yeah. there was a lot, there was a lot going on with like people weren't getting paid, like all this weird shit going on behind the scenes. And I don't know, you know how much of that's true and not, but, but in essence, like a lot of people have never heard of this game. Right. And like the studio that made it had a lot of weird history with like the ownership of it. Chris, what did, before we started recording, Chris, you said something like it was owned by, Long Island at one no, point? No, it's Rhode Island. I got that. Yeah, Rhode they defaulted Island. on Rhode a lot Island. of money they owed the state. And so in yeah. the end, that's where the game ended up going. A lot yeah. of people were surprised when it was made backwards compatible on Xbox because they were like, Rhode Island gave Microsoft the thumbs up? Like, why? <laughs> you know, like, why is this randomly backwards compatible? But um, yeah. I'm, I'm super excited. It's the, the creation of the game, too. Like, the world was designed by uh, R.A. Salvatore, like a really big fantasy author. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, uh, let's see, what else? Uh, I'm just trying to see if there's any more information. Well, yeah, it was originally like published it. by EA. So mm-hmm. I think that's who gave the um, go-ahead for Xbox to do the backwards compatibility thing. So huh. I'm guessing THQ Nordic did a deal with EA to get the full publishing rights for the series. Yeah, because mm, yeah, I, I remember in 2018 when, when that came up, that THQ Nordic uh, bought you know, bought the rights to this franchise or series or a game, whatever. Everybody was like, oh man, are we getting a sequel? And I guess this is like testing the waters for it and giving this game a second chance. That's my favorite way to test the waters because worst case scenario, like the fans of the game get a better version of the game. Right. Yeah. And best case scenario, it sells 
appreciably, and we get a sequel. That's so, what uh, well. they did with Oddworld too. The remaster, um, new and tasty. It was like if this sells well, then we'll do a remake of um, uh, Oddworld: Ames Exodus, and if that sells well, then we will do you know like we'll continue the series because it was always meant it's to be Soulstorm. a five. Yeah, yeah, Soulstorm. yeah. So yeah, kind of interesting. I I played a little bit of this game, but I really don't remember it. I just remember it being really uh, like action oriented, like definitely up my alley. And I think I own a copy on something, PS3 or something. Yeah, really cool little game that you probably haven't played or even heard of. So uh, definitely worth checking out. I'll be curious to see how that sells. Because, yeah, that usually will lead to a, a sequel. But THQ Nordic has done pretty well with revitalizing these old franchises, right? So I, I'm, I'm glad they exist, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, they as, can as bring much- back these games that are loved and then they can revitalize them for a new audience. Yeah, as much as we shit talk them, they've been they've actually been doing quite yeah. well. Like not just like you know, from the from the public perception, but like financially, I think they've been doing well also. So um all right, let let's keep this train moving here. Let's talk uh, get, I fucking guess. Let's talk about this Sega game here. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm just like staring at this picture here. Like all right. So I've got an article here. This is a Game Informer article, Matthew Cato. Let's just let's just plow through this here. I just, it's just so upsetting. All right, here we go. Sega releasing Game Gear Micro in Japan. Quote, to celebrate its 60th anniversary, Sega is releasing four Game Gear Micro retro handhelds in Japan on October 6th, 2020. Each handheld comes in its own color and contains four built-in games from the original handheld running via emulation. Each micro retails for 4,980 yen, approximately $46. A collection package featuring all four handhelds and other items will also be available for 27,255 yen. If you want to burn your money, Jesus. For about $250. so here are the here's are the games and everything. So the black one comes at Sonic the Hedgehog, Puyo Puyo 2, Outrun, Royal Stone. Uh, the yellow one comes with Shining Force Gaiden, Shining Force Gaiden 2, Shining Force Final Conflict, and Naz- Nazo Puyo Aruru Noru. Uh, okay. Uh, the blue one comes with Sonic and Tails, Gunstar Heroes, Sylvan Tail, and... Baku Baku Animal, and the red and the red one comes with Megami Tensei Gaiden Last Bible, Megami Tensei Gaiden Last Bible Special, <laughs> and the the GG Shinobi. Oh, sorry, the GG Shinobi, and then a game called Columns. I never heard of it. Uh, let's see. The micro screen is only one point five inches diagonally. And if that's too small for you, the big, <laughs> the big window magnifier accessory is available for pre-order on all four micros. I hadn't seen that. Oh, God. Oh, okay, the Game Gear Micro has not been announced for release outside of Japan. No, holy, cool stuff. Holy fucking shit. So you guys got to look this up. I, the, I can't describe it and do it justice. Just look up a picture. The, fu- the, the, the picture is so fucking funny. I mean, how big? Let's see. It's, it's as big as your thumb. It's like, like, it looks like a pack of gum, almost. It's just, it's like a joke. It's it's almost like something you would see on, on um, uh, what's it called? The Hard Times, mm. like one of those yeah, satirical yeah, sites. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, Josh, did you see this? What do you, what do you think? <laughs> just this is like not what anybody wanted. Everybody was hoping for like a Dreamcast <laughs> mini. 
Oh man, that'd be like, so cool. Okay, here's five versions of one system with different games on it. Like, and it's it's so tiny. Like, it's I, I have no interest in this. Like, I just if they wanted to make one of these, then they could have made one. They could have made it a normal size, and they could have put all those games on it. Yeah, like and, and why, the one unit. Why seg? I. I even if it was a normal size, can you imagine if Nintendo released like six different NES classics and there was four games in each one, and it was fifty dollars yeah, a piece? Wow. That would be insane. It's just so convoluted, and I—I I mean, I guess the thing is, is like we can't really relate to this maybe as much because it's this is kind of geared towards a Japanese market. So to us, it's just like this is weird or whatever. Like this does you know this doesn't uh, resonate with us, but maybe over there it does. Uh, I don't know that we'll see this in the West. Well, they have more of a love affair with portable game systems. So right, it's that. It's also the collectability factor. Yeah, of that's having true. all these different color variants, and you know, J- Japan has so many color variants of like the the Vita, for example, or the PSP. So 3DS. I could see yeah. Yeah, 3DS. So I could I could see this kind of taken off there. Um, what I find strange is. It's uh, the Game Gear games. Like I know Game Gear was originally a portable system, but I'd way prefer like the Genesis games on the portable system instead. You know? Hmm. Yeah. I, I don't that's, know. That's just it, me. Sega's just so weird, man. And yeah. oh god. Anyway, so we wanted to cover that. I, I. What do you think, Chris? You think this will make it over to the West? No. <laughs> okay. I love just the definitive. Nope. Yeah, I think people are going to import it. Be like, I'm so excited. I paid $300 for this thumb size system and I get to play columns and Sonic while I shit. Cool, man. That's awesome. I'm so happy for you. That's how uh, that's going to go. God. All right. Well, let's move on from that atrocity here. Um, so we are nearing the release of The Last of Us Part 2. I'm very excited. Josh, I know you're excited for that as well. And actually, speaking of Last of Us, you did your little stream yesterday and I think. Uh, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on how The Last of Us still holds up. Uh, oh, it's, so we'll, it's it's aged perfectly. It's great. Yeah, so I'm sure we'll hear a little bit more about that later on in the show. Um, but yeah, uh, with that, uh, we've got an article here. This is over at PlayStation Lifestyle. This is Czar. Uh, Naughty Dog isn't trying to score diversity points with The Last of Us to uh, Last of Us Part 2 story, says Neil Druckmann. So you guys can go read the article, but I did want to go through this quote from Neil Druckmann here. Um, and it's just sort of interesting, you know, what their take is on this game and Ellie and all that. So let's, let's get through this here. Um, it reads, quote, We made a journey with Ellie, and Ellie is who she is. It's been defined in the previous game. We're going to continue going going forward. She's now 19. How do we explore all the facets of what it's like to be 19? You think you're invincible. You think you know what's right and wrong in the world. You are sexually attracted to people you're attracted to. Those are all things we want to explore for this character. That's how we do honest storytelling. So if you somehow have a problem with that well then that sucks but the story is gonna win for us it's i it's ironic or maybe sad i think that the people that will benefit the most from this kind of story are the ones that are yelling the loudest right now but i hope there's enough in the game to draw them in and just normalize stuff stuff that is normal it is part of our society and it is part of owning up to an interesting nuanced character so i thought that was really well uh candid and blunt i guess which is something i've always really appreciated about naughty dog and their sort of their views and and the way they talk about storytelling um 
Yeah. The one thing I guess I didn't know when I was talking with Chris about this, I didn't know Ellie was 19. I thought she'd be a lot older. No. Uh, older in this. So that was kind of interesting. Um, Chris, what do you make of this quote here? Um, I, th- I think it's awesome that they're trying to build more representation in games. And uh, like, uh, there's uh, also another quote here. He says, like, uh, 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 diversity makes for a better story with fresher perspectives, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I agree. I, I, I think it's um, very important to represent different cultures and different people's perspectives in a game, especially something like this that's like AAA, you know, with, like, right. with a big storytelling kind of like hook to it. So, um, yeah, I, I yeah. think um, if you if you want to grow, and I'm sorry if this is getting a little bit like outside of the realm of video games but if, if you want to grow as a person if you want to learn if you want to just be better i think one of the best ways to do that is to diversify what you like what you surround yourself with you know and it, video games have just evolved so much since their inception i mean it not that there's anything wrong with the marios or you know the, those much more simple games but but i think games now especially like you said chris with, with the such a uh, high budget and with the caliber of these games, they have almost a responsibility to uh, to put some of these ideas in place. And actually, we'll talk about that in the next story with Call of Duty too. Um, Josh, what do you what do you make of this quote from Neil Druckmann? I, I think it's great, and I think that video games are the best form of media to show people how life can be outside of their life because yeah. games allow people to have an experience that is different than you know their own and so i think i think it's great that movies and tv and music are are, are also uh working on this but i think games if, if one industry can have the big the biggest like you know benefits uh like as far as um uh, on people it would it would be games to, to do this because you know there's so many stories that they can just drop you right into and show you and i think that seeing how life can be for other people is is really important because it lets people know you know the world's different than you may think and you know you know, vote accordingly and, and treat people accordingly you know based on this you know information that may, may have been new to you and my favorite thing about the first game as far as um how neil was able to kind of do that do that same kind of thing is he was able to introduce ellie to people and have them go on a journey with her and have them care about her and then at the very end you're able to uh, learn that she is, you know, part of the LGBT community. And so right. a lot of like homophobic people, you can tell me you didn't care about her all you want, but we all know you did. You know what I mean? That's, so, it, and, I, and it could have changed yeah. minds too. And I think that's so smart the way they, they did mm-hmm. that. Not these spoilers for like a seven year old game now or whatever. Um, yeah. It's like they make you care about this person and then they drop that at the end. And if you're somebody who like, that's totally fine with you. You just go, oh yeah, that's a cool little thing, cool. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, like you said, the people who normally might be upset about that, maybe it did change their mind. Maybe it didn't. I don't know. But I think putting that in there and doing it the way they did it, it was so smart, mm-hmm. and it uh, really it, it like pushes buttons in a way. It and look how much buttons, look how much you know? even but, Sony's come around since then. Uh, Neil Druckmann uh, had mentioned in the past that. Uh, at first, they wanted Ellie on the back of the case for the PS3 game. And of course, I- I'm not defending this. I'm just saying why. It's marketing. They want the tough guy with the gun in the front. I, I understand, even if I disagree. But I'm just saying the origins of that weren't like, hey, let's be sexist assholes. But he, you know, they-, they fought on that. They pushed back on that. And then she ended up on the front cover still. 
And then you look at like the remastered release and like Joel's face isn't even visible. And I'm, I'm not saying like Joel shouldn't be visible. I'm just saying, you know, like even just within Sony alone, you could see a huge change from, you know, 2012, 2013 marketing to, you know, 2014 to 2020. And I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. So I am eagerly anticipating The Last of Us Part 2. And interestingly enough, right around when that game comes out, I will have a lot more free time. Uh, And so I I plan on just diving into that. Uh, Like I think we talked about it last week. I haven't really done a whole lot of research on the game. I haven't watched a lot of the coverage of it, a lot of the trailers. So I want to just go in blind. It's one of those games that like, like I have to, I have to separate from work Mm-hmm. in a way because it's it's the first one is so awesome and and special to me so yeah really excited do we hear anything on the length of the second one yet i'm curious how yeah I, I, I saw five hours i saw it. something yeah like 25 30 hours mm, okay like, that's so it's not gonna be a lot bad. longer that's yeah. a good yeah. and level i also want to bring up this I, I think video games are more powerful than movies and music in a way because like you, you feel more empathetic towards the character mm-hmm. yeah. because you're playing as the character and I've seen a bunch of studies that as, as I was working at university on some um, um, essays and stuff, like that, that's actually a big factor. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, there's a difference in like watching a movie where somebody is going through something, you know, really trying and difficult versus being in the shoes of that person doing that, you know, going through the trying time. So, yeah, I'm totally with you. And I think that's why it's so powerful. Um so yeah, we'll have coverage on that in the next couple of weeks or on The Last of Us Part 2 uh, in the next couple of weeks. I'm so excited. I don't know about you guys, but very, very pumped. Uh, we should definitely right. do a dedicated episode to it too. Like a oh, absolutely. Episode. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Um, okay, last news story here. And I, this one's kind of interesting here because I, I'm of two minds of this and, I, and I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts. All right, so uh, Infinity Ward tweeted out this uh, pretty lengthy like uh, list of things they're doing to improve you know the, the gameplay experience for everybody or not but yeah I guess the gameplay experience but the overall like sense of community and this is in light of all of the the protests going on right now and like I said before a lot of companies are uh, you know taking a stance on that and, and you know publicly giving their thoughts and, and where they stand with all of this so here's what Infinity Ward said um, this is a tweet from them Quote, there is no place for racist content in our game. This is an effort we began with launch, and we need to do a better job. We're issuing thousands of daily bans of racist and hate-oriented names, but we know we have to do more, and we are. And then there's a bullet point list of things they're doing. Adding additional resources to monitor and ID racist content. Adding additional in-game reporting systems to increase the number of bans by hour adding filters and greater restrictions on name changes, elevating in-game improvements to make it easier to report offenses, and increasing permanent bans to root out repeat offenders. We apologize to our players. This is our commitment to you, our fans. Thank you. Um, and so the other thing that's uh, that they did is as soon as you boot up the game, there's a whole like Black Lives Matter uh, statement like you can't avoid it like it's when you turn the game on it comes up and actually i want to find that so i can read it give me just a second oh here we go yeah it says uh, so here's what the here's what it says as soon as you boot up modern warfare it says our community is hurting 
The systematic inequalities of our community experiences are once again center stage. Call of Duty and Infinity Ward stand for equality and inclusion. We stand against the racism and injustice our black community endures. Until change happens and Black Lives Matter, we will never truly be the community we strive to be. And then, like, in huge letters, it says Black Lives Matter at the top. So, uh, seemingly, I mean, this is awesome, uh, but... I noticed that on Twitter, a lot of comments and stuff were people going like, why did it take this long for you guys to do this? And like, so, so you're saying that you could have done this, this easily all along. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of people are getting kind of It's like easy mad. to do that. I try to celebrate change. When somebody makes an improvement or a company makes an improvement, instead of saying, wow, you're a hypocrite, I try to say, hey, thank you. Welcome aboard. I think that's a better way of looking at it. You know, like, yeah, they could have done it sooner, but they're doing it now. But here's the thing: the reason why Black Lives Matter exists is because just just to highlight the issues that are around the community. And now that Activision knows that and knows that awareness, they're changing. Yeah, and I, I think that should be supported. Mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, I think better now than never. Right? Like, I mean, that definitely. Like, bottom line, this is a good thing. Uh, it's just, I mean, I've put thousands of hours into the Call of Duty series collectively, and I, so number one, the names are just horrific. Seriously, like, oh, get yeah, in they there. Are. <laughs> I mean, and, 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 like, some of them are funny, whatever, but a lot, like, you know, the ones that are racist are, like, like really bad. Like, I don't even want to repeat what some of them are. And then, like, the way they do it is really, like sneaky or what like almost clever in a way where they like try to get around it by you know making certain letters uh, into numbers like that kind of thing and so yeah like they've made it so that you can't like outright say something racist like just in regular letters but like yeah you can go around that and so i think this is great the way they're doubling down on that um and then the the other thing that the, the black lives matter statement they made holy shit like front and center as soon as you boot up the game you can't avoid it and i love that so much because the call of duty as like a as like a platform or as a whatever you want to call it like a lot of people play this game obviously right and mm. a lot of people who play this game are racist like you hear it dude yeah like, in I, the I, chat. I, oh my god like i, I was playing the other day and it, I, I played for about 15 minutes and I heard probably eight racial slurs in 15 minutes. That's mm-hmm. two racial slurs a minute. Or, or sorry, that's a, a one racial, racist slur every two minutes. Like, it's crazy. Like, I, I just, it, it's still it's still very present. And, and so it's, I think, yeah, they have a responsibility to do this as a platform where so many people uh, play and and where you know they they're in the public eye to millions of people. I think it's important for this for them to do this. Um, let me toss it over to Josh. What do you make of these changes? I know you like, you kind of touched on it a little bit. What do you think about that uh, the statement they put in the game as soon as you boot it up? I think it's really great. It doesn't seem disingenuous to me. It seems it seems very genuine and seems very you know real. So like. I understand people that are like, why now? Like, yeah, I mean, ideally this 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 would have popped up in 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 games and movies, you know, back during Rodney King, but like it, it didn't and it, it should have, you know, it happened sooner. But at least it's happening now. And um I, I think it's it's great they're doing that. And it, it even if it changes one person's mind or exposes one person's um you know, uh closed kind of, you know, mind and universe, you know, to to to, to 
to this, then it, it, it could be, it's worth it. It's good. Um, I know that when I was growing up, I was more isolated. I grew up in a smaller town and I was, I, I only heard politics from like, you know, family and, you know, my mindset, like completely changed politically when I got out on my own and actually like learn what the fuck was going on. And that was really good. And it helped me a lot. And, you know, this could do that for somebody else too. Yeah. I'm totally with you. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on the uh, changing, you know, doubling down on all this and the uh, the statement they made on their game? Yeah, it definitely needs to be done. Um, and like these these usernames are absolutely atrocious, and I turn off the voice chat. Um, oh, me too. Yeah, when I too. play Call of Duty, just because I lose faith in humanity. <laughs> Well, and it sucks because some of these game modes, like, you really do want to communicate with your teammate. And you can't be... And it's so bad because no matter if you're winning or losing, you're still... You get called names. It's like... I don't know. It's like... It's almost like a... um, Like an oxymoron or whatever, where, like, you're... It's a team-based game and you're encouraged to communicate. And yet when you try to communicate, you get called a name or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah really, one, one time, I, I do. One hope, time I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry, I, I do hope in future Call of Duty games that uh, the cast of characters in the campaigns are a bit more diverse. Sure. Yeah, you know, they're all kind of white guys just trying to <laughs> take out well, the terrorists. You know, they, like, they've done know. a little bit better in the Modern Warfare campaign. There's a one of one of the main characters in it is a is a woman, and she's I forget what her origins are, but she's like you know arab or something i don't know she's not white oh, for okay. sure. yeah so like they are making strides but I, I mean i hear you the on all the promotional material it's just a white guy with a gun right so yeah i'm totally with you on that uh josh what were you gonna say oh i was just gonna say i've had times like the call of duty uh chat <laughs> is toxic even when it's not racist like i've had times where i'm like hey guys uh they're over here you know in this area and we should go over here maybe um and like somebody will just be like i think you should shut the fuck up and i'm like oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, like, you're a you're a bitch. I'm you're just talking about I, the game. You're a okay. fucking faggot. Yeah, yeah, you're a bitch, that's, and, that's I, and I and I and I fucked your mom, and and yeah. whatever. Yeah, whatever. Like, okay, all right. That's a great point, Josh. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, I, okay, I, I guess we're not gonna win, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, so I think that I, I think not just with racist stuff, but just uh, downright like offensive, and and um, you know, names that like. And, Encur- names that encourage you to like not want to talk to the person. Yeah. When, I've when also, whole- I've got a screenshot saved in my phone. I never knew what to do with it. I was always going to share it and I was going to like, just like take the person's, you know, cover the person's name up. Cause it was just a Facebook comment I saw. I see this kind of stuff all the time, but I wanted to have a saved copy of it just so I could reference it when people say it doesn't happen. Cause it breaks my heart. But it was a, it was a woman talking about how she really likes playing rainbow six siege but she basically can't play it because whenever she uses voice chat, everybody just starts hurling sexist remarks at her. Wow. And like, she's like, I want to play the game, but like, I, I I can't. And then like other women were commenting and like, yeah, same. I have that happen too. And I'm like, guys, like, why are we, why are people like this? Like, it's so you know, sad. You know, what's really interesting um, in a lot of RPGs and like online RPGs, um, I, I typically play as a female character and I always make my name Kitty. I don't mm-hmm. really know why. I just, I've always done that, like in Monster Hunter, in Red Dead. Anyway, um, well, people always think I'm a woman 
and (laughs) it's so fucking weird and so like i can almost see through the eyes of like Mm -hmm. a like a like a woman who would be playing you know and like i remember on monster hunter this guy was like like hitting on me because (laughs) he thought i was a woman yeah and and i'm like oh shit this is like just the tip of the iceberg and that's just the experience for women you know that's how it is my mom the other day like uh just to like quick quickly add to that uh she's not in a relationship she you know got divorced or whatever from my my stepdad a few months ago but she she changed her relationship status on facebook and everybody was like whoa and she was like no people just keep hitting on me and messaging me and i'm sick of it so i'm just changing this to say i'm in relationships so people won't do it oh, and i was Jesus. like damn the stuff people have to put up with just because they're a woman or just because they're a person of color or both is just absurdly disgusting like it's just it's terrible and we need to get rid of it and if this if this changes the minds of even one person, it's worth it. But hopefully, it leads to many more. Yeah, well said. Uh, all right, well, let's uh, wrap it up there. We're gonna take a little break, and then when we come back, we'll talk about what we've been playing. So we'll be right back. All right, everybody, we are back. Uh, normally, this is the part of the show where we answer listener questions. Um, uh, we didn't post a thread this week, just. There's a lot more important stuff going on in the world, or I mean, there there was and there still is, and there, you know, we we just wanted to, you know, stay. What how would you put it, Chris and Josh? Just sort of stay stay silent and just sort of think of the the people who are uh, in a lot tougher spot than we are right now. So we'll we'll do listener yeah. questions next week, um, and hopefully we'll have a lot to talk about. Hopefully it'll be a little bit busier of a week. So anyway, you guys can always reach us though via email at ActiveQuestShow or sorry at on Twitter at ActiveQuestShow on e, uh, via email at ActiveQuestPodcast at gmail dot com. And uh, we normally post our threads for questions on Wednesdays via Twitter. So normally you guys can look out for that uh, and we'll be back to normal, you know, with the next episode. So we appreciate your yeah. patience. And I also want to bring up we did put up a giveaway for the last of us part two but um we it doesn't it's just a simple retweet it's not like a conversation or anything it's just up there and um that's all we did really yeah Yeah, um i'm glad i'm glad you brought that up chris yeah so just to reiterate that we are giving away a copy of the last of us part two digitally north american copy and we have comments disabled on the on the tweet uh, just for obvious reasons. Yeah, right? we just you don't want any spoilers or hate no speech spoilers or both. No spoilers and just, it's, yeah. Uh, the, the people who are spoiling this game are, like, really, really aggressive about it. Like, mm-hmm. any time Sony posts something on Twitter or PlayStation, whatever, whether it's Last of Us related or not, you'll see spoilers in there. It's so dumb, too, to... because some people are saying, oh, it's because Naughty Dog's afraid of criticism. No, it's because you're spoiling the game whenever you can. Like, people are dicks. You know, you're but, making you know, them do I this. I have freedom of speech. I can yeah. say whatever I want, and yeah, I can be I, a dick. I keep seeing that, though. Like, oh, of course Sony disabled YouTube comments. They don't want people to uh, discuss the issues with the game. And it's like, no, they disabled the comments because you're an asshole. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, exactly. So, yeah, uh, we appreciate your patience with that. We'll be back to our normal uh, setup next week. Uh, All right, so let's get into what we've been playing. Um, Josh, it says here you're still playing uh, A Night in the Woods. Um, Anything new to report on that? Uh, no, it's it's really good. I would recommend it's really cathartic. I would recommend it if if you're thinking, oh, I don't know if I could play this right now because I'm already kind of down and like this tackles like you know 
some like heavy themes. It, it does it in a, in a way that will, you know, lift you up. So I, I think it would be good to even better to play right now if if you're going through it, you know. Yeah. And which platform are you on? Uh, I'm playing on Xbox, but it's also on Switch and PS4, PC. It's PC. even in that $5 bundle on itch.io mm-hmm. too. Yeah, really cute little game. And I know Chris and I were sort of having a little bit of a conversation about that. It is it is cute, but it is really heavy mm-hmm. too. So it's kind of this weird uh, dichotomy there. Cool. Um, and also it kind of makes me feel strange because the creator of the game committed suicide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, that's so, right. Uh, yeah. That whole thing. Oh, man, that was a whole thing. Like, I think that happened last year. God. Yeah, you guys can look up about that. That was some weird shit that happened. Didn't yeah. he do something? He he did something really terrible, or mm-hmm. he apparently he didn't. And oh, he didn't. Oh. He, I I I can't guarantee a hundred percent guarantee that, but I remember hearing about that. So interesting. Well, anyway, nonetheless, uh, good game. Questionable creator, maybe I don't know, maybe not. Uh, what else, Josh? You've been playing. Oh yeah, you did your stream of the Last of Us remastered, and I watched it and. Which is awesome that you did that, by the way. But but I was also thinking about like this game that it's uh, it's you know regarded as one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest game of all time. And I'm just looking. I was looking at it, and I'm like, this game it looks old, right? And especially compared to the Last of Us Part Two, how it looks. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kept thinking about that. Like at the time, we thought it looked amazing, and it still does hold up, I think, especially the PS4 version. But then just looking at how part two looks, it's just like, holy shit, man. Like, these developers have mastered their craft. They know what they're doing with this system. And it's just crazy to see how far we've come. It's still um, in the same engine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just so, crazy. So what what did you make of your of this recent playthrough of The Last of Us Remastered? Does it still hold up? Is there anything you think maybe needs to be changed with it? What, what are your thoughts on it? No, I, I, I didn't end up finishing it. I ended up cutting it short because I wasn't really uh, getting any traffic anyway. But I, So I played like 10 hours before I was like, ah, it appears that I'm just playing this by myself and not really raising any money, unfortunately. So I decided to just uh, continue my playthrough um, and, and at, at my leisure uh, after playing the first uh, 10 hours, um, which, which is okay. I mean, I still had a fun time. Uh, and I can still do donation to Feeding America on my own and stuff, but it was, it was really good. I don't replay this game that often, even though it's like my favorite game, just because it's a really heavy game. It's a lot to, um, go through and get through. Um, I, I think that the, probably the most ideal way of playing this game and getting the best experience possible is saving your game and taking a break whenever the seasons change. Oh, that's a good idea. You know, like like one day each, like a, a day for each season. You know, um, I, it it could still be good in one sitting. I just mean because of how heavy it is. If it's your first time, especially, I'd recommend that. But just in general, I think it'll give you a better experience. Um, I played um, all the way up to and through a little bit the hydroelectric plant where Joel meets up with his brother. Um, okay, trying so to be like- vague for people that haven't played it, but you know. If you have, what would you say? That's like maybe sixty percent of the way through, or something yeah, I, like I that? think so. I think that's, I think it's probably sixty percent or so. Yeah. Um, the only part that dragged a little bit for me, and I don't know if it's necessarily bad. I think it, it it's good as far as the perspective it shows from all the way for different ways people were affected uh, by not only the pandemic but also society like kind of collapsing. And what was the part where? 
uh, Joel and Ellie, and I, I for, man, I forgot their names of the two people they travel Sam with. Sam and uh, what the I, I yeah man, I can't remember. Yeah, the the the, the the other traveling duo, the the older brother and his uh his little brother. I, mm. I forgot their names though, unfortunately. But uh, they're like traveling through a little area, and there's um kind of like some people that lived kind of like underground. And, like, you know, if you find out that, you know, them and the, the kids ended up, you know, obviously, like, you're they're, they're the ones you're fighting in there. So you can kind of see how that... If, if, that part dragged a little bit. It kind of reminded me of the area in Final Fantasy VII with the uh, uh, robot hands. Where it was just like, oh, this is yeah. fun, this is fine, but I'm not really wanting this much gameplay right now. I want to be moving. But mm-hmm. um, it wasn't bad. I think that's the only part that kind of stutters a little bit. But it's it's it doesn't overstay its welcome too long, I don't think. But um, it's it's really great. It still feels really good. There's just so many details that I think they don't get enough credit for. I think they did at the time, but I think people kind of forgot how well some things were done. And that's partially because they've inspired people. It's kind of like the classic thing with the Beatles where people were like, yeah, other bands did this too. And it's like, okay, but this band did this first. So this is a big deal that they did this. Um, like the UI for The Last of Us, it's just, it's perfect. It's it, it works, it's functional, and it does exactly what you need it to do. It doesn't linger, it doesn't stay too long. Like, it just works so well for managing your inventory and everything. And that is something that, it's it's kind of like good sound design. It won't make the game, but it can break the game. Sure. Um, you know what I mean? It's something you don't think about if it's done well. And it, it was done very well. Uh, it controls really well still. I mean, like, everything... I mean, the only thing that I can think of that I maybe don't like about the game is how Joel has to, like, beat off quietly to recharge his flashlight. You know? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? He, like, gets really uh, hunched over, and then you shake the controller for him. God damn it. It And that was one of the features of uh, of the DualShock 3, right? Yeah, I don't it? think it's bad. I'm just like, okay, like, this is needed. <laughs> it's a little but, weird, yeah. Yeah, but, man, I think... Yeah, uh, still a really good game, though. I still really, really like it. And I'm I'm still gonna be finishing my, my playthrough before the second game comes out. And yeah, the names were Henry and Sam. Henry and Sam. Okay. okay. Thank, Thank you, you, Chris. Um yeah, I definitely wanna replay this myself before uh you know, before the, the second one comes out, just to sort of refresh my memory on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, We've got twelve days from today until Oh Jesus. Oh man, you, got, you guys know. have time oh, to do no. it. Yeah, it's a little long. I think it's like what, twenty hours or so to get through it. Uh, I think so. But, I mean, you could just do a couple hours on, like, four or five different days, you know? Yeah, that's true. Cool. Yeah, definitely thinking about The Last of Us right now and just, um, yeah, man, it's one of those games I just haven't looked anything up about. And maybe I should have done that just for work and for, you know, to be more informed about it. But I don't know. That's one of the – I'm being selfish with that game, I guess. So, cool. I think it's Uh, important to point out its contemporaries, too. Like – to kind of give you an idea of like how far, even though it's aged a little bit, like how far ahead of its time it still is. Because sure. like that came out the same year as like Tomb Raider and like Bioshock Infinite. Oh and yeah. And like, you know. That was a good year. Yeah. And like those are, those are good games. But I think that the only game that's maybe aged as well as The Last of Us that came out that year is probably GTA V. I can't. And Gone Home. Yeah. I don't know. I can't think of any games that have aged that well you know, that came out that year, like, as well. You know, they may have aged well, but I think yeah. The Last of Us aged really, really well. Yeah. Um, cool. All right, Chris, let me toss it over to you to talk about what you've been playing. 
Yeah, so I played a bit more of Dark Knights of Poe Monroe. I finished it and then uh, went to find all the different kind of like scenarios <laughs> uh, because you, you have different choices and um, it has trophies as well or achievements on Steam. So uh, by finding every little scenario, you can get like 100% of the trophies or achievements. So uh, I think that's a really cool way of uh, replayability. Um, once again, I love the acting, I love the cheesiness of it, but it's really charming. Um, and I think anyone who's kind of interested in FMV games should check it out. Um, maybe try the two games previously to that, um, before, just so all the, um, all the nods to that original game is there. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I absolutely loved Dark Knights of Poe Monroe. Um, maybe the choices, um, are a bit vague at certain points of the game, but most of it's really good. Um, played a bit more of Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. Haven't got much out more else to say, um, but I will say this. Um, Gower Plains is absolutely incredible. <laughs> just like the cliffs and... Oh, yeah, um, it looks awesome. Yeah, just like how detailed it is on the Switch, and I, I just can't believe that they managed to do this on such a tiny um, device, you know, like on, on the on a Switch Lite. I was like, oh man, I'm playing this possibly. This is amazing. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah, but not much else has been done. I just mainly did side side missions this uh, this week. Um, and I haven't really progressed much in the story. So, um, But, you know, it, it's, a, it's a nice podcast kind of like game just to do the side quests. So I, I, I kind of love doing that. I love grinding while listening to a podcast. So, yeah, just like, I thought it was really fun. Uh, Cuphead, I play i finally beat one of the bosses in the game and i'm so happy i did and that's 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 the magic of cuphead like yeah. when you finally figure it out and when you finally figure out the patterns and you you beat the you beat the boss it just so, feels so which, satisfying which boss is it which boss um oh god it was the one in the theme park uh with the roller coaster kind of thing and then the balloons oh yeah dude that one's hard oh dude. that was so tough yeah oh, man so I, I consider myself to be pretty bad at most games, but like, you know, Dark Souls, that kind of thing. Like I can get good at a game and I tried really hard with Cuphead and I just am so bad at it. And it, <laughs> I mean, I, I must have put five hours or something on one of those bosses, maybe yeah. more, 10 hours maybe. Uh, and I, I never have finished that game just because it is so brutally difficult. But Maybe we can I, play it together. Oh, yeah. Try it, to figure it out. Is there is there co-op with it yes, online? Um, what you can do, um, you can do Steam Play Together, and it streams your game uh, to another person. Apparently, it's really, really good. So okay. we uh, might have to try that. Yeah. Yeah, man. It, it You know, one of those bosses, though, I, and maybe all of them have this, where there's a little bit of element of randomness, and so it makes it kind of hard to, like, fully get down like a like a strategy you have to almost have like a couple different strategies in mind for just in case yeah. if they do this move versus this other move you have to be flexible <laughs> right and that's not like a that's not something i i hate or whatever it's just i'm not used to that and i'm just so bad but that's cool so you're in the theme park i don't i forget how many worlds there are but uh, what do you think of the the run and gun levels? I really like those levels. I think they're. I do like the great. run and gun levels. Uh, I I think there's one that's next to impossible <laughs> right now, where like you're flipping uh, from uh, one 
one place to another. Like, you yeah. go upside down and then go, like... Oh, I remember mm. that, yeah. Yeah, like, I'm trying to figure that one out because I'm like, how, how do you do that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then, and especially, like, trying to find all the coins, which you really want to do because they give you whatever, power what, more power-ups, yeah. But, like, some of those coins are, like, if you try to get them, you'll die. Oh, man. That game is so, so special. It, it reminds me a lot of Celeste in that, you know, it's so fucking hard, but it's, like, immaculately designed. So. Mm, I, I would say Celeste is the better game because it teaches you how to play the game progressively, like yeah. Super Meat Boy or something like that. It teaches you as you go. But Cuphead is just fucking hard, dude. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I, you might be right, although I think Cuphead looks better just because yeah. of what it is, you know. I would disagree too in that. I, okay. Well, yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. You're probably right. I don't know. I just you, you don't really see a game look like Cuphead, is what I'm no, saying. No, nah, no, it's but very unique. Nonetheless, both are very good games. Uh, and then it looks like you're playing a mystery game that you can't talk about. But... I can't talk about it yet, but it's pretty cool. <laughs> okay. Uh, cool. All right. Let me run down what I've been playing before we say goodbye for the day. I've actually been playing a lot. I'm only going to talk about a couple different things here or a few different games. Um, I booted up just, I don't really know what compelled me to do this, but I booted up uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order just to sort of give that game another chance. I, I played it when it came out and like, I didn't dislike it. I didn't even have any criticism criticisms of it. I'm like, Oh, this is cool. And then I just like never played it again. That happens. Right. Uh, and so I booted it up, man, this game is so good. It's like, it's, like, really, really good. I feel like, I don't know, like, maybe people just didn't talk about it when it came out, or there was so much else c- that came out. It, I don't know. It just felt like everything else, you know what I mean? That, that game, like, it never really gravitated towards me, so. Yeah, um, it is And it I is wasn't kind of hooked by the, by the story, or the, 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 and the main character seemed a bit boring, so yeah. I, I never really jumped back into it. Right. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a mashup of a lot of games, and, and frankly, a lot of games that come out these days are... You know, but what I think impressed me the most about this game is just its production value. Like everything mm-hmm. from like the little musical cues to the 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 writing and like the the, the delivery of the lines and the facial animations and the the how, how the characters look. Like it not only does it feel expensive, but it feels genuinely Star Wars. You know, like yeah. it's easy to just make an action game and and add lightsabers and Darth Vader <laughs> to it, right? That doesn't mean it feels Star Wars, but this, I mean, and the music, holy shit, I don't know, I, I, the music is like, is what ties it together for me, that makes it feel so much like Star Wars. Um, yeah, I guess I, I just was surprised by that, like how much it actually genuinely felt like Star Wars. And then, yeah, like the combat, like, I was struggling with it, it's it's kind of yeah. tough, and you have to like parry and dodge, and there's like a heavy attack, a light attack, there's a like a stamina meter or something similar, I think. Um, and then I love the the interactions with, uh, what is it, BB? What? It, hold on, let me see what it's called here. BB-9. BB-1? DB-9. Something DB like that. Yeah. Anyway, you're a little droid. It's so, yeah, man, like uh, the main character, Cal Kestis, was like talking to him and it just it just felt so cool. Like it just felt Star Wars, man. Like, and, and right now, like with the way Star Wars has been, it's like kind of, been on a on like a downward slope and yet this game sort of i think brings it back and i it, this game to me is more star wars i feel like than than the newer movies 
have been. I, I, I would say The Force Awakens felt very Star Wars, but as, right, the, yeah, yeah. as that sequel trilogy went on, it kind of felt kind of like fan fiction. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I, I really liked 8 too, but 9 was just insane. It was just nuts. Absolutely yeah. nuts. <laughs> I, I haven't seen it just because I've, I've heard it's really disappointing. But anyway, yeah, if you need more Star Wars in your life and need good Star Wars, uh, Check out Force Awakens, man. And I, I'm sorry, oh, not for, Jedi uh, Fallen Order. Jedi, Jedi, well, Force <laughs> Awakens is good too. But yeah, Jedi Fallen Order, sorry. And just shout out to Respawn. Holy shit, man. Like, yeah, man. They go from Titanfall. Well, first they go from like Call of Duty, help on the Call of Duty games. And then they go, and then Titanfall, and Titanfall 2, and then Apex Legends. And then they can somehow pull together not only like a competent single player action game, but it's like it feels more Star Wars than the hundred billion dollar movies do it's just crazy how good this game is and yet i just feel like a lot of people haven't talked about it um, I, I hope bioware gets to make a star wars game by the way oh yeah to, to this quality um because mm-hmm. it's kind of been disappointing with anthem and uh do we really need another dragon age do we um, really well do uh, we, uh, uh, like yeah. it, it could be good like <laughs> but inquisition was like well, that was a competent game, but well, I don't really understand the lore point, going on. To your point, too, it's like, how many fantasy RPGs do we have? Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, we, we have a lot of those. Like, can, you, can we do can we get more science fiction RPGs and stuff that we don't get as much? Yeah, yeah good point. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, I've played a same, kind of the same deal. I jumped back into Days Gone. I've been playing all these games from 2019. Um, and that game's really good, too. <laughs> like, I feel, like um, that's another game that I feel like just sort of it came out and it wasn't the quality of the last of us or spider-man or god of war or horizon or bloodborne and like all these first party sony games and so people sort of like were kind of hard on it and to chris's point like how many more zombie games do we need fair enough fair enough and and i would have loved to see uh sony ben maybe do something else but yeah exactly but if you take it for what it is i mean it this game's kind of like zombie far cry in a way where you know you're checking off it's a checkbox game you check off the boxes and you go explore and you whatever you upgrade your camps and your weapons it's just it's one of those games and i think right now uh, that's something i want and it's uh, to chris's point also it's a, it's kind of like a, a what do you call it a podcast game you know right so but it's I will also say, a really interesting setting. We don't usually see the Pacific Northwest. I don't think yeah. in too many games. Yeah, exactly. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the other thing that I really wanted to shout out with Days Gone is the performances are fucking awesome. Like, really? Oh man, yeah. The performances in this game, I feel like, don't get enough credit. Uh, like, I forget. I don't know the voice actors or anybody, but but like the main character who, who does the voice acting for him, really, really well done. And then, you know, during the cutscenes and stuff, it's like, fuck, man, like. Video games are fucking awesome. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. Like, this, I'm like, uh, go, yeah, I don't know if you guys have this game or if you want to look up a video It's on or sale right now, too. It's like $15 on PSN. Oh, my God. It's totally worth $15. Totally, totally, yeah. Uh, and, but, yeah, just the, the, the voice acting and the writing and the, uh, yeah, it's not The Last of Us. And, yeah, it's not God of War. But, fuck, it's still a pretty good game. And for 15 bucks now on sale, hell, yeah. The Definitely funny thing is, it. is that the voice actor of the main character from um, uh, Days Gone, he's a big Star Wars nerd. His name is Sam Witwer. Oh yeah, I think I've heard of that. Yeah, and he he worked on uh, he worked as uh, Darth Maul um, in the animated series, like the, oh. the stuff that they've been putting out, the Clone Wars and uh, Rebels, cool. I believe. So yeah, 
Um, cool. It's cool. What do you think about his trivia. name? I'm curious. Deacon St. John. Oh, it's me, that sounds like a motorcycle lighthouse and not a person. <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah. And, 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 and there's a character named Boozer. Like, I don't care for, like, the biker themes and the... And, like, the story itself is, uh, so far, it's kind of just, like, uh, whatever. But, like, yeah, gameplay-wise and, and, like, acting, like, the performances and the acting, really, really good. I, I feel like people were maybe a little bit too hard on this game. And, yeah, when you look at Sony's first-party portfolio, it definitely is one of the weaker games. But it's really That's more it's to selling Sony's a lot. credit, though, <laughs> than to this game's discredit, you know? Yeah. Like, exactly. it's not because this game's bad. It's just because Sony makes, like, incredible games, usually. Like, like, not that this is bad, but this game just seems like it's good. And it's not, like, incredible. Yeah, yeah. I think this game is, like, a solid six or seven or whatever. It, 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 versus a God of War or a Last of Us or a Spider-Man, which is up it's in It's like eight, Sunset eight, Overdrive. Times. I know Sony owns owns uh, that, you know, Insomniac now. But I don't think Sunset Overdrive, the first game, would have gotten as much attention if it came out on PS4. And it's not because it's not good. It's just... There was less happening on Xbox when that came out on Xbox, you know. Yeah. Whereas if it came out on PlayStation, you'd be like, "Oh yeah, it's fine," but it's it's this. It's not. It's not this I game. Need to release this game. That on PS4. Yeah, I was just gonna say I'm curious to see what happens with that because uh, it. Yeah, I think I don't know. It's all. It's kind of complicated. I think it, it can come out on PlayStation. It just it, it won't ever be a PlayStation exclusive. The first game because Xbox helped fund it, but yeah. it it part of why that was that was came out on Xbox is because Xbox is the only company that told Insomniac they would fund the game without making uh, them give ownership of the IP. Yeah. Mm. So That's crazy if, like, Microsoft and Sony both split kind of, like, <laughs> the earnings from the PS4 oh, version. That'd be Can insane. Can you imagine the game that we could get if, like, Xbox and Sony both threw money in? That'd be so crazy. Jesus Christ. Uh man. All right. But yeah, you're making me want to check out Days Gone, and seeing people talk about it have... I mean, I, I rented it when it came out and played a few hours, but... I think I might buy it soon and actually like, you know, it's cool, try man. To play like, through most of I it. don't, it's not groundbreaking. It, it's it, 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 pretty much everything in this game you've seen before, except for maybe that setting. Like you said, we don't really see that too often. Um, but it's just like a cool podcast game and, and you know, taking down it's a good the time for a game like that. Yeah, definitely. All right. Let me talk about the outer worlds because I have a lot of thoughts about it. And I cannot wait to hear your, I, I've seen pictures. <laughs> it's very complicated. Okay. So let me just preface this by saying I'm playing on Switch, first of all, and I was waiting for the Switch version because I don't know what it is, but big RPGs like this or medium, even medium RPGs, I like playing on Switch because I'm just much more likely to finish them. You mm -hmm. know, like The Witcher. I, I think I might have finished it on PS4, but I didn't I didn't do much in it. Like I I didn't do hardly any of the side quests, but on PS or on Switch, I like almost 100 percented The Witcher. Um, wow. and, and Dark Soul, all these like RPGs, like I, like I love playing them on Switch. Well, I was waiting for the Switch version of The Outer Worlds. Uh, this is a game that came out last year. This is made by Obsidian, who is now Microsoft owned. Uh, at the time, I guess they were, this was before the acquisition. So this came out on all platforms and yeah, that we were waiting for the port of the, you know, the Switch port. So it. The main thing with this game is it looks, frankly, like shit. Like I'm just gonna be honest. Like <laughs> it, it. I honestly am surprised at how bad this game looks on Switch and how badly it runs. Um, it like, so this came out in October 
uh, uh, the the PS4, PC, and Xbox versions came out in October of 2019. And so I don't know when the Switch version began development, you know, the port of it, but even assuming it started in October, which probably it started before that, but let's just assume it started in October. That's what, November, December, January, February, March, April, May, June. Eight so eight, eight, eight months. So eight. They've had eight months to get this port ready to go, and I honestly don't know what they were doing. Like I, I'm not a game developer, so I, I, you know, I can't. I don't want to be too hard on them. It, I, you know, obviously the COVID stuff is is fucking things up. But it's like it's it's like almost unacceptable the way this game looks and runs on Switch. And I also want to preface by saying like I'm not a frame rate guy i generally don't care about you know the resolution and i can't tell typically like what 900p looks like versus 1080p which is a a conversation people are having uh, when the current gen consoles first launched and all that but man you guys you got to look at it you gotta you gotta see like look up one of those side-by-side comparisons of this it's like I've never seen anything like it, to be honest. Like, like how badly this game looks on Switch. Well, and it's frustrating too, because like we've seen The Witcher Three and Doom and Wolfenstein on Switch, and like they look really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Like those games you mentioned, like Wolfenstein, Doom, Witcher, they look noticeably worse on Switch, but it's like it's fine, and they perform well. Like, you know, they don't stutter. It's yeah, it's it's tough. Like the, there are game, there are ports that are on Switch, and typically they don't look as good. But it's like acceptable, you know. Mm-hmm. But the Outer Worlds, man. Like I was showing, I was showing Kennedy. I'm like, look, look how fucking bad this looks. And she's just like, dude, that. She, even oh she was God. like, she was like, yeah, this is like really like blurry. It, like it, you'll you'll be like five feet away from something, and it's blurry, and you have to walk right up in front of it for it to like come into into focus or whatever. It's oh like really God. weird. Really, really weird. So, all of that being said, I just like shit all over this game and shit all over the studio who ported it. I'm so sorry. All That's of that- right. I, I yeah. have a theory because the Bioshock collection and the XCOM 2 collollection were also made by Virtuose. Huh. Like the, the, the port. The, so, the- I'm guessing they had too much on their plate. Maybe I don't know. I mean, the Bioshock. I was just, I've only played Bioshock one so far of the of the collection on Switch. That game looks fine and. XCOM looks and runs a little poor, a, a little worse than I would have hoped, but it's still like fine and playable. I think Chris means this. That's that's why those look fine is because of this Outer Worlds. Oh, maybe I don't know. You know, God. like maybe they had so much to work on, they were like, okay, we'll just do the best we can. All of these projects we're doing. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. I don't know. It's just, just it, but yeah, you're right. Because Bioshock and XCOM, they look they look competent. They look fine. Especially Bio- Bioshock. Bioshock. Yeah, Bioshock looks really good. Bioshock looks. I would say on it looks Switch. great. I would say it looks great on Switch. Uh, XCOM, I think, looks fine, and Outer Worlds looks bad, like downright bad. And and you guys who listen to the show, and, and even you, you, Chris and Josh, you know, I don't generally call games bad. Like it, typically, I don't think I do. And like this, just looks. Oh man, I like, I can't believe. It, it came out. So all of that being said, I just wanted to get all that out of the way. All that being said, the game is like really great. Like the game itself, outside mm-hmm. of the way it looks, I'm like in love with it. Like I I I, I kind of wish I would have just played it back on PS4 when it when it came out. Like it's scratching that Fallout itch. It's uh, I think it's better than Fallout, uh, which I know it may, might be controversial to say. Um, 
Like, I love the dude, like, the, there was this, like, side storyline going on where one of your party members met this girl at the, at the, at this, like, pub, or I don't know, you guys were somewhere, and, and she was, like, in love with her, and she was, like, trying to ask her out on a date, and, and you can, like, pick what to tell her to do, or what you think she should do. Yeah, and, that was adorable. Yeah, I love that one. I love oh, that mission. Oh, oh, yeah, okay, you know what I'm talking about. Pavati, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Pavati, exactly, yeah, and she's, like, like, like what you would expect, like somebody, to, oh, does she like me? Am I being too strong? Like, and like the performance and the voice acting was like really genuine. And I just love that. And I love the combat. I love the, uh, the art direction. I love the, um, like the humor. It's like really funny. And the, and the AI on the ship is really funny. Do you think like, you're going to finish this on Switch? Or do you oh, think yeah. that you're going to go, oh, this is cool. I'm going to play this on my PS4, though. Yeah, I'm definitely going to finish it. I'm going to suffer through the shitty visuals <laughs> and play it. Because that's what I'm saying, man. Like, these RPGs, I love them on Switch. And, and I'm much more likely to, to get through them on Switch. I, but, yeah, if you haven't purchased either one of them and you're, like, waiting to see which one you should buy, I can't in good faith recommend the Switch version. Now, do you think that you'll replay some of it on PS4, like, if you get the game on sale, you know, like, uh, eventually? Maybe. Or do you think that you're going to play this on Switch, and then that's going to be the only experience you have with it? I might. I might get, in, a, like, a few years, get the PS4 ver- or whatever, PS5 or whatever the fuck, uh, a, a current version of it, and, like, get the trophies or something in it, but... It depends on how long it is, how much time it takes, but... So you're still able to enjoy it uh, fully, even though it's rough. Um, <laughs> as fully yeah, as possible. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know. Like how much I, of a distraction is it? Do you find yourself stopping a lot and being like, "Fuck, this game looks bad." <laughs> yes, yes. At, at least once per play session. Oh my gosh, that's I, not good. I, I I pause and just go, "God damn it, this looks like shit." <laughs> like it's like I really, I really have not because I guess we've gotten so used to games looking good, right? Like, look at Zelda, look at Mario, all these, you know, whatever, even on other systems. Look at Days Gone, look at Last of Us, God of War. You don't see games look like shit anymore, really, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, even like, The Witcher 3 on Switch, it just looks less detailed and looks blurry. It looks blurry. like a little, It doesn't look bad. Yeah, it looks a little fuzzy. And, like, the performance, too, like I mentioned before, like, I'm not a performance guy, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, Outer Worlds, Stutters, I, I don't know, Oof. man. I don't know. That was my next question is, uh, besides it looking visually, you know, worse, does, is, is the, is the frame rate and other stuff, and I'm asking this because you don't usually focus on that stuff, is that interrupting your, your gameplay experience? Like, are you missing shots or, you know, not doing as well because of the game's performance? I don't know if it's affecting me that much, but at the very least it's noticeable, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, it just kind of stutters a little bit. It it kind of- Do you think they could fix it with a patch or something? I don't know, man. I don't know anything really about game development like that. I don't know. I mean, if it took them eight months to get this out, yeah. I, I don't know if a patch. <laughs> I just don't know. I think. But it, is it fixable? You think? Like, do, I don't do know. you think? Not. It might maybe, go up on the uh, the damn that sucks shelf with bloodstained. We're like, ah, it could have yeah. been better, but here we uh, are. Yeah. Yeah, like it. It to me, it seems like you would have had to have built this game from the ground up with Switch in mind for it to to run optimally. You know, and. Since they didn't do that, since it's a port, I just don't know how much else you can do to this to fix it. It especially with money and time. Like maybe CD Projekt Red had a really fucking difficult time getting what they got out of the Switch for The Witcher Three, but maybe it took just you know they were able to do it, but it took a lot of money and time. Yeah, and and the studio that helped with that port was Saber Interactive, 
Mm-hmm. So I, I think they're a little bit bigger of a studio than Vir- Virtuoso. Is that what it's called? Virtu- Virtuoso. It's Virtuoso, based yeah. in Singapore and China. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anyway. But they also worked on Return to Arkham. Um, yeah. Which and that, was the port there. And, and then they did fine. the Final Fantasy X port on Vita. Hmm. So kind of a, a like a, a mixed, um, I, I hate Is saying mixed Is it $60 bag, too? Yeah, it's sixty dollars, man. Oof. Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. And we didn't get a code for this, which is fine. We're not entitled to anything. But I bought my own copy of this, you know. And I'm like, fuck that. Like, and you can probably get a PS4 version for like half the price. I see that go on sale all the time for like thirty eight dollars. Yeah. So anyway. And I know I've beat this horse pretty hard, but it's on Game Pass too. So that's <laughs> that sixty dollar price tag's pretty. Man, too bad they couldn't at least been like, okay, look, we tried. It's rough. It's forty dollars. Right. You yeah, know? I think that's the other thing. Like, I, you know, for me, like, I have to get games for work and all this stuff. So, like, I look at it a little bit differently. But, like, if you if you get one game per month you can buy or whatever, whatever your budget is, and you get this, and, like, you don't have anything else to play because of your budget or whatever, I, man, I just feel like, ugh, I don't know. I don't know. But it's an incredible game underneath that. All yeah, that bullshit. exactly. It, it, that, it, then that's my point. That goes to show how good this game is. That I'm willing to sit through and suffer <laughs> suffer through <laughs> the way this game looks and plays uh, performance-wise because the game is so good. That's good. Like it's, it's that it's yeah. that good. I and I think the the ultimate takeaway is whatever system you play it on, you need to play this game. Like PC, Xbox, whatever, man. You play out the outer world, it's fucking awesome. Seriously. Can you imagine that game in the Vita? It could have ran good and been <laughs> portable. I don't know, man. I don't know. I bet so the anyway. Vita could have done it. Done it. I bet the Vita's probably more powerful than the Switch, right? I don't know. I don't think so. No, it's not. I don't think Switch it is. is more powerful. Yeah, I think huh. the Switch is more powerful. Not by much, but I think it is. Um, all right. That about wraps us up for episode 72. Uh, we appreciate everybody for listening. Remember, you can always find us on Twitter at ActiveQuestShow. Uh, what else? We're, we're still... We still want you to give us your ratings on iTunes so Chris can be forced to play Red Dead Redemption 2, one of my favorite Please games st- of no. all time. <laughs> no. The rootness, tootness game. Uh, and yeah, we just appreciate everybody. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, pretty much anywhere where uh, podcasts are available. And we're a part of the HP Video Game Podcast Network. Um, Josh, where can people find you when you're not on ActiveQuest? You can find me at the party smoking marijuana, sipping on Bacardi. I'm just kidding. I've wanted to quote Afroman for a long time for the plug. I'm on uh, Twitter (laughs) at Mr. Josh Nichols. And I'm probably, I'm thinking about streaming Bioshock 2 soon on Twitch. I'm just going to call it the I told you so stream. Oh my God. I would love that. Because because here's the deal. You're probably right. The thing is, is I just feel like not, like not a whole lot of people played that game. And then the people who did play it, just always say that the first one's better and so like i i don't know like i just feel like i haven't gotten like a genuine i would be okay with people being like i played i played all three of them and i think one is better than two i just don't think infinite's better than two at all and what frustrates me is people didn't play two because oh infinite's on the way and that's the real game you know right yeah Cool. But, yeah, that's a um, really yeah. good game. I'm looking forward to you playing that soon. Yeah, I'm gonna play because I've never played two. That's I'm I'm part of that camp. 
I'm, and I'm sorry, <laughs> but I will play it after I'm done with the first Bioshock. I'm probably about halfway done with the first Bioshock, so. It's a really good game. You and uh, Lewis talking about, you know, playing these on Switch. I'm not going to replay them on Switch necessarily just because I, I, I'm, I'm only at home right now and I already own them on other systems, but I definitely want to replay them just because seeing people get excited about them makes me be like, man, those games are fun. I want to play those soon. When's the last time I played them, you know? Yeah, and man, I didn't talk about this because uh, uh, there isn't really a whole lot else to say about Bioshock, but god damn it, that game is good. Mm-hmm. That game is better than most games that come out these days, and I mean mm-hmm. it. I, I mean that. <laughs> anyway, uh, Chris, where can people find you when you're not on the show? First, I would like to apologize to Vaughn Hyde and Josh from IndiePod. Um, they complained that they weren't a part of episode 69. <laughs> 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 they thought it was obvious. They would. <laughs> that, that sounds so, like something to swallow bring that up but uh-huh. anyway um you can find me on twitter at penwell writes uh you can find some written works on uh switch watch and sipreed repeat and uh you can check out uh my my hero academia podcast go beyond uh with vaughn hyde so yeah it's super fun we get uh, get into the nitty-gritty of the series with each episode and it's it gets super nerdy so check it out also i'd like to extend an apology to vaughn and josh with the promise that they could be on episode 6969 to make yeah so 196 no episode 6969 yeah i like that waiting to do for that one but we will have them on god will we be will we even be alive i hope I so think well we actually maybe not maybe i wanted god that would be know. 20 years or something longer anyway uh, um you can find me on twitter at joseph yaden uh what else you can find my work on digital trends i've got a whole bunch of stuff uh just being published every week and then we're going to have a lot of the last of us coverage i've been doing a lot of guides for red dead right now and minecraft weirdly enough i don't know why i'm playing that but uh what else uh yeah i actually have a um i'll have a little bit of an announcement to make i think probably by next episode so you guys can look forward to that nothing too wild or game changing but it's exciting for me so i'll talk a little bit more about that next week so we appreciate everybody for listening thank you for sticking with us uh, during this episode and we will see you next week for episode 73 take care everybody nice, nice.